News Radio WGNS, Murfreesboro. The views and opinions on this show are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of WGNS, its management, other hosts, or advertisers. Thanks, everybody. Evan Lee Raymer here with you. Ed Raymer with the Evan Lee Raymer Show. We've got a good hour ahead for you because we have a good friend here. She's a sponsor of mine, but more importantly, her and her husband, Eric, are just, just good people. I've come to know over the years. I've worked for her. Michelle Blaylock Houser's here. Michelle, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm a little sore tonight, though. I'll admit it to you. <laughs> you want to you you, you tell me, everybody? Yeah, you heard me coming up the stairs <laughs> grunting and huffing she and puffing. She was huffing and puffing, folks. I'm not I, kidding. I did a lot of housework this weekend and mostly doing a ton of windows, and now my back is all hurting me. So Yeah, I know. And, and I know Eric because I'm sure he's worn out because that remote control just works only <laughs> – now I, no no I'm gonna give him I'm gonna give him some kudos because right. he got out there and started fixing the farm fence this week this weekend and he also helped me with the right. windows. So. Okay, well good good. And are you done with them? Did you did you get done with them? Yes. Oh my gosh! Thankfully, at four at almost five o'clock tonight, I got done. Now with what them. do you do? You do that twice a year or just? Whenever you feel like it, or just whenever I look at there and go, "Oh gosh, those windows those, need to be washed." Well, I feel some way about gutters. Okay, yeah, okay, I understand. All right, let's go ahead and kick this thing off. And uh, Dalton Barrett's on the board, and uh, Jackson is up here. He's in training. He's he's locked in the office. Dalton's got him in training, and uh, he won't let him go home till he gets ready to leave. So anyway, but for right now, my name is Emily Rimmer, and yes, I am still a private investigator. This Welcome is aboard. the Edwin Lee Raymer Show with your host, Ed Raymer, on your good neighbor station, News Radio, WGNS Murfreesboro. And that's a little stiff upper lip for you from ACDC. This is the Emily Raymer Show, and I'm your host, Ed Raymer. This show is produced at the studios of WGNS, AM 1450, 100.5, 101.9 FM, right here in the heart of the great volunteer state, Murfreesboro, Tennessee. You can reach us tonight, and you can reach Michelle with your questions, comments, or ideas at 615-893-1450. That's 615-893-1450. You can also send us a text to that number, and Dalton will be glad to read it. Over the air, for those of you who are here, write it down, hand it to me. For those of you who do not wish to be heard live on radio, you can also listen to us via the Internet and at uh, WGNSRadio.com. That's WGNSRadio.com and Facebook at the Edwin Lee Raymer Show on WGNS. And you can also download the WGNS app and take WGNS with you wherever you go and listen whenever you like. And... Uh, I'll tell you, uh, I, and I don't mind this. Uh, this is going to pretty well be a full hour advertisement for Michelle. She <laughs> specializes in family law, and, and uh, we've we've served quite a bit of paper together over the years. And uh, unfortunately, that's part of it. Uh, but hear. there is a section that uh, that I want to go over, and we're going to get right into it. And it is what I've mentioned before: a power of attorney for your adult children. When your child reaches it's 18, correct, Michelle? That's correct. And heaven forbid, go off to college or even if they stay right here in town. If they are involved in an accident or some type of injury or sickness or whatever where they cannot communicate what they need, you need this to make, 
medical decisions for them. Michelle, take over and tell people what, what we're talking about here. Because you have to have two powers of attorney, as I understand That's it. correct. So you need a durable power of attorney for health care, and then you also need a financial power of attorney. What a lot of folks don't think about is that I'm going to send my dear child off to college, and hopefully everything goes great. But when it doesn't, and let's say you, you're, your child's involved in an accident, or right. let's say they get sick with COVID and can't communicate with the doctors very well. Or um, they, they want you to do it. Or if they, they don't want, feel like doing it, say, so, you know, hey, you know, well, mom, but, dad, take care of it. But even know. the more scary thing for me would be if I had to call down to a hospital, let's say down in Chattanooga, because right. my child had been brought into the emergency room. The doctors can't really talk to me about what's going on with my child unless I have that power of attorney because they're right. going to be very, very um, protective of the HIPAA laws. Sure. So you want to think about that. And then also from the financial durable power of attorney, the reason you want to have that financial power of attorney is so that you can take care of their schooling while they're hospitalized so that you can talk to the school and about what type of financial aid you can... And pay their bills. And pay their bills. Our son is in business for himself. That's the main reason I talk about is because if they are going to get better at some point and come back, he's got a business that's got to keep running, and we have to have the ability to make those decisions. That's correct. That's correct. And a lot of folks don't think about that when they get ready to send their kiddos off to school. Is this relatively a simple process to do? Oh, it's very simple. Right. It's very simple. Okay. And people can give you a call at, uh, let's see here, I've got you right here, 615-801-8602. That's correct. Now, you're located out by Burger Republic. You're out by the fountains. Yes. And you're in 3A-1 here in Murfreesboro. And uh, people can look you up at boroughfamilylegal.com. Yes. And... Uh, I also have a Facebook page too, right, so sure. you can get on there as well. Uh, how long you been doing this? I mean, I've I've never oh, asked you gosh. that. How long you been? I've been practicing law now. I think it's going on my sixteenth year. Right, and you decided to wrap yourself up into family law and pretty well do do that. Yeah, it kind of chose me. And right. I'm not going to lie, when you go to law school, um, you have this idea in your mind about what it is that you want to do when you get out. Sure. I wanted to be a prosecutor. Uh, that was right. one of the big things that I wanted to do with my life. And um, once I got to once I got to law school, like many others, uh, you just start to gravitate towards certain areas. Family law came very easy to me. It was very easy for me to understand. Um, once I got out of law school, I did try to go and become a prosecutor, but it, did, right. it wasn't in the cards. Right. And um, so I started out and started doing family law, and I absolutely just, it just took off. And so since that time, that's been mostly my focus. I don't, I, there's right. not a specialty in the state of Tennessee, but it's my right. focus. Right. It's and family law. It, uh, and, and there's always a need for it to some degree. I mean, you handle child custody divorce parenting agreements as we're talking about child support child yeah. support do you do mediation you do <clears throat> i do i'm a you rule med- 31 mediator so right. i do do mediation and there are at times during a divorce there's times where uh, uh, the ground rules change yes yeah. and i will say this too one of the things that i'm starting to focus on right now is i'm getting a little bit more i guess into my older years and <laughs> okay. um you know, I'm always trying to reinvent myself, but one of the things that I've noticed that has been a very t- 
difficult situation for many people is being able to afford legal services. Right. Um, so in in light of that, I have been a, working on starting a, um, a a, allowing folks the ability, if they get along well, if they want to meet with one lawyer, I can act as an intermediary lawyer. Um, and so that means that I sit down with both individuals. It's a little bit different than mediation. Right. I sit down with both individuals and help them come up with their plan and draft the paperwork for them, et cetera. A whole lot less expensive um, sure. for folks. Sure. For folks that, uh, and when you get into a divorce, and we've, you and I have both seen this, uh, you know, uh, it, it, generally money is tight. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. Sometimes tempers are, are a little bit frayed, and uh, if, if, if and then you throw children, if you have children involved, that's a whole different. Oh. Yeah, and, and I know it's 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 terrible. I've been caught right in the middle of it, as you well know, and. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard you called some choice names when I was handing those papers oh, over. Phew. <laughs> it's just, this is funny because I recently had a client of mine that reached out to me and to let me know that the person on the other side of our case had a few choice words to say about me. He just didn't want to. He didn't yeah. want it to hurt my feelings, and I literally started laughing. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. If you only knew, if my friend. <laughs> if yeah, you I only mean, knew. Yeah, you folks, you have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> but what people, no what people don't realize is is that it's not personal to lawyers we're here this is our job and it's right. not it's it's not our job to be personally involved in your case it's in fact it's a whole lot better when we're not because when we're outside looking in right we can give you the that advice that gives you the ability well, to make be the best objective. decisions for yourself you can be more objective yes we you want know. you to make the best decisions you possibly right. can for yourself it's not personal to us and folks i'll tell you this for most of the people that we have in here and, and i know we've got some some folks that maybe should have chose a better a different career path let's put it that way but most of you that i've dealt with are common sense people you know they are hey i you know i had this do i, do I have a case here no don't waste everybody's time Ed. go on you know, and that's fine. Forget it. You know, if you got a case, fine. Maybe make something out of it. But we're going to have some money up front. No sense. You know, and no, you know, you you don't work for air and water. <laughs> well, you try to t- explain to folks that look, make sure that if you're going to fight a fight, make sure that it's worth it. Um, sure. Don't don't come in and hire lawyers. At, you know, two, three, four hundred dollars an hour to argue over right. recliners and televisions. Yeah, right. You could have bought all yeah. brand new stuff by the time that's said sure. and done. Sure, this can go on, and that can go on for for weeks, if not months. Oh uh, yeah, I've seen divorces. years, what, years. Unfortunately, this yes, is. years. Yeah. Especially right now with COVID. Oh, I mean, goodness. everybody is Lord. so backed up, oh, and yeah. everybody just doesn't understand. Well, what do you mean? But the courts are open now. Why can't I get a, my case heard next yeah. week? Well. The problem is, is that we have this little thing called COVID that has backed everything up. Yeah. And so we are really behind the eight ball when it comes to that. Michelle Hauser is here with us with Michelle Hauser and Associates, and we're glad to have her. And like I said, she is one of our sponsors. You can reach her at 615-801-8602. She's located out around Burger Republic, around the Fountains. 
And uh, you can find her there. And her page is BurrowFamilyLegal.com. She's also on Facebook. And also, I want you to check out Complete Yard Care, low-maintenance lawn landscape design. Check that out, fellas. You'll love it. Uh, their slogan is, we do it all. Retaining walls, tree removal, stump grinding, lawns cut, mulching, landscaping. You can reach him at 615-785-0384. And you can catch him at CompleteYardCareTN.com. And you can get, check him out and find he's got a five-star rating ranking there on Google. I've never had even a star ranking on Google, I don't think. Uh, and uh, But <laughs> you can catch him there. Uh, complete Yard Care, 615-785-0384. We do it all. We'll be back with you right after this. Hello, everyone. It's Ed with Private Investigations in Middle Tennessee. You know, if you just need someone checked out on a background check, tag them a run, or if you need someone full-fledged follow give us a call. You can reach me at 615-390-7219. That's 615-390-7219. Or check out our website at piofmt.com. That's piofmt.com. I felt so alone, scared, angry, full of self-pity. I just wanted to die, so I took another drink. Then I heard about AA and went to my first meeting. The people there talked about those same feelings. I was no longer alone. They gave me help to stop drinking and hope to start living. Alcoholics Anonymous, it works. Look us up. Check your phone book, newspaper, or aa.org. Go to J. Mullins Jewelers and check out their collection of reactor watches. They're located at 352. West Murfreesboro Boulevard right here in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. And also, custom-made jewelry if you want it, they can make it for you. Also, gifts for any and all occasions. Weddings, graduations, family reunions, uh, anniversaries, all of it. That's J. Muller's Jewelers, 352 West Northfield Boulevard right here in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Welcome back to the Edwin Lee Raymer Show on News Radio WGNS. All right, and we are back. And as with every show, there's always one troublemaker, and he's called in and left <laughs> us a question. He was my guest last week, Austin Maxwell. Austin, okay, he's got these questions for you, Michelle. Okay. Okay. Who's the toughest attorney in town or in the county? And who's the toughest judge? <laughs> Do you? <laughs> Well, that's a loaded question. <laughs> that's a good one. Well, yeah, it's a good one. Um, I guess it really depends on as far as the toughest lawyer is concerned. Might depend on which area you're it, talking it about. It depends on what area of law you're talking about. Yeah, if you're about. convicted of murder. You I know. mean, you don't want to call me if you're convicted of murder. <laughs> I mean, you're going yeah. up the river. <laughs> and that's one yeah. thing. Um, um you know, we've got some really great lawyers here in town, we do. and they all are yeah. very experienced. They all come to the table with lots of different characteristics and lots right. of different talents. I know Terry um, Fan, Steve Waldron, yeah. just to throw some names out there. Oh, yeah, Terry Fan, um, Steve Waldron. But now here's the other problem that you're going to start having, Ed, and this is what a lot of people don't understand, is that a lot of our 
um, more experienced lawyers are in that baby boomers and they're getting ready to retire right. in fact i can tell you right now i know of three very experienced lawyers here in town who have already explained to me that they intend to be they're winding up their practice now as we speak is that right um, because it's now time to retire. They've got other ideas. Well, and I'm not saying this guy's about to retire, but Jack Mitchell. Uh, yeah. When we had the two uh, judge openings, mm-hmm. uh, 86% of you all said, of the attorneys between in this judicial district, Cannon and Rutherford, mm-hmm. 86% said that Jack's the man for the job. Mm-hmm. He would be, he would be, he would be y'all's choice. Uh, and he didn't get it, either one of them. That's correct. Because uh, Billy appointed somebody, I guess, from his party, I'm sure. Yeah, he, he appointed uh, Judge Joe Atwood. Right. And so she is now our first female attorney to sit on the circuit bench. And then Jimmy Turner for the other job. That's correct. Which worked with you for a while. Y'all yes, he was together. my partner. Yep, that's yes. right. And uh, fine, fine guy. It's interesting. I've got two previous partners that now sit on the bench. Chancellor Wilson, Chancellor Howard Wilson, and Judge Jimmy Turner. They're still letting Howard Wilson hang around over there. They sure are. They still okay. let him hang around over Who's there. Who's your toughest judge? <laughs> I'm gonna. I got to do this for Austin because he's gonna. He's gonna back me in a corner if I don't. That's really tough. I. Mm. I mean, we don't want anybody in any trouble. You know, we don't. We don't mean that. But I mean. Who's your best judge? Let's put it that way. I can't say that either. They all have different, again, they all have different strengths. There's some that have, you know, there's some that are much more by the book, and there are others right. that are very much more about let's get things done. Um, right, yeah. So it's very hard to say that. Um, you know, I will tell you, I I think one of, and they're not even a judge, I think one of the um, more strong, I guess, magistrates that we have would be uh, Magistrate Adam Dodd down in juvenile court. Um, Okay. He he knows his stuff, and he likes to get things done, and he gets down to it. Um, But when it comes down to, you know, which judge is more... You know, by the book or more structured, right. I really can't say that now. Okay. It's just, it's very different. Um, right. And I do buy the, because I know there, there, you all, yours is family law. Like you said, if you've murdered somebody, don't call you. Yeah, don't be you, calling yeah, me. Because, You'll be going up the river. Yeah. Uh, because you know, if now you're a, really talking serious business. Because, right. Yeah. You know, if you've got, if you've got a personal injury. Right. Um, chances are you probably don't want to call me. Right. Um, yeah. You know, although I will say I've had I've had several people that have called me. Um, sure, sure. On different things, like right now I've got an employment case that's going. And, and you hate to turn down money. Well, I mean, it's not that. I. I it, yeah. It's not about the money for me. It's more about. I mean, like for instance, when I took on the Sheriff Arnold case. Right. Ago, yeah. I mean, there was a reason I took that on. It's not because that was something I typically do because I had never done an Alistair case. But I took that on because I felt like that was the right thing to do for the people of Rutherford County. And we had 
some citizens here in this and in they this were county raising cane about it that were willing right. to step up to the plate and put their reputations on the line and their money on the line because they right. very well could have paid for mr arnold's attorney had it not gone in their direction and so that you know i i, I take cases because i believe in what i, I believe in justice Right, and I try to work for that as much as I possibly can, and I will be—I will be the first one to admit. Sometimes there's not always justice. Yeah, you won't always find justice in a courtroom. No. Yeah. I get people all the time. They'll say to me, "Well, that's not fair." The only fair in life is the ones with Ferris wheels and merry-go-rounds. Right. And typically, yeah. I don't find those in a court. No, I've never seen one in a courtroom yet. You know, <laughs> not yet. Yeah, not yet. We have heard a great deal here lately about. Um, and I'm just going to say this. Uh, this started with our former president uh, to serve a subpoena or serve papers. And, yeah, I'm not accepting that. Okay. As you know, I used to serve papers. I pretty well have gotten out of it, you know, because I saw about five years ago this attitude change that people were having of this. I don't have to live. I don't have to sign that. I don't have to take that. Are there consequences for saying not accepting a subpoena because on the federal level we're starting to see some of that and we're hearing talk of it but to be honest with you we've got young people here in this in this county that have paid a much bigger price than that bunch of bozos up there in washington for the people that stormed the capitol i mean can you avoid a subpoena no <laughs> um what you can do is that you can ask the court to quash that subpoena if you if somebody shows up your door at your doorstep and you know has a subpoena for you or a summons and you're like I'm just not going to accept that, it doesn't quite work that way. Um, I they didn't can ever think so. Yeah, you no. Know, basically, that person can go ahead and sign and say, "Look, I left it there at that at the address. I talked to the person that refused yeah. to to sign, and you're considered yeah. served." And so if you're considered served, I mean, and you don't have the paperwork, bad things happen to those people who well, try that's to one help, reason, help that's represent one reason themselves. I had started videotaping toward the end. I had a camera set up in the car. I didn't take it with me. I'd leave it on the dash to show that I was at this address, and here I was, and I left this paper with these people. Now, most of the time, it didn't have a problem, you know. Especially in divorce, a lot of people know it's coming. Yeah, they knew. It was I've had coming. people that, oh yeah, get it in here. I, I want to get this over with. You know, right. that's really it, it happens. You know, but uh, there are people that just like this, this Trump bunch that don't feel like they should be held accountable for anything. Well, you can't go through life like that. You know, uh, what what will happen to those people? Now, I know that's a federal. I understand that. I mean. And I know that's kind of beyond our reach here, a little over Rutherford County, but the process is all the same all across America. A little bit. I mean, when you have a when you have a congressional committee that is subpoenaing someone, it's a little bit different than if a judge were subpoenaing that person to right. um, to come and testify. It's a little bit different. It's not greatly different, but yeah, right. there are certain definitely certain sanctions for individuals that just absolutely refuse those those particular documents. But now, like in, in divorce cases, all I ever served you mostly were summonses. Summonses, I, but I also served subpoenas. Right. Um, you uh, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you then, know. of course, detainer warrants. Goodness gracious, they're a dime a dozen. Uh, 
Um, yeah, I know. Yeah, that's another thing I, I'm glad I don't do anymore. Yeah, you, you I did got them it. once upon a time, but yeah, not anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, yeah, okay. Uh, what is the difference between a subpoena and a, and a summons? Okay, a summons basically means that you're being sued. Right. So it means that you're going to be a party to a lawsuit if somebody's serving you a summons. A subpoena means that someone is asking for you to come to court because you have specific information that is relevant to a case that is going on in court. Right. Okay. So they just want you to be a witness. But we do also have subpoena duces tecum. Now, subpoena duces tecum is basically where we send a subpoena to an organization asking for records. So let's sure. say that I'm yeah. in a family law case and I need the pediatric records of a, of a minor child. Sure. Then I'm going to send a subpoena duces tecum to that pediatrician asking for an affidavit and all of the records to go along with it. And then after I look at those records, I may determine I really don't need this person as a witness or they really don't have anything that's relevant to what I'm attempting to do for a client. So. And that is something else a lot of people don't understand. There's time that, for lack of a better term, that is just wasted. You find out, I, you know, but you still have to charge for that time. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean it would be malpractice if I didn't, sure. you know, at least try to find information. Well, but to do due diligence. Yeah, I right. just got to do my due diligence to make sure that there's not a claim there. And if there is, then I can tell my client, look, this is, these are what I think your chances are when it right. comes to um, trying to prove certain elements of your case. Right. Okay. All right. Uh, you seen the paper today? No. Okay. I was cleaning windows all day, Ed. <laughs> Joan, there's a lady this? up here that cleans windows, and she works very, very cheap. <laughs> Her attorney fees are a little steep. Yeah. And probably after this show, they'll be a little steeper. Uh, <laughs> you know. On today's paper, okay, and Michelle, we're going to touch on this lightly. Uh, Sunday, December 17th, Daily News Journal, uh, a story by Scott Broden and Nancy DeGenero. Uh, the t- it's titled, Such a Lack of Humanity. Reverend Vincent L. Windrow scanned his congregation on this early Sunday. Now, this was as of last Sunday, October 10th, I believe. And his body moving right to left as he adjusted his glasses. Quote, I want you, I want to call... Your attention to something that's happening in Ruth, in Murfreesboro and Rutherford County. Uh, a generation of black children, brown children, poor children have been illegally arrested and jailed. Your neighbors' children, your co-workers, your sons and daughters, nieces and nephews. Did you hear me? He added. I'll say it again to those, for those in the back. As Windrow continued, gradually his voice loudened. Uh, we're talking, of course, about this case with. Uh, uh, juvenile Court Justice Donna Scott Davenport. Yeah, Judge Scott Davenport. Can you tell us what brought this on? Well, I mean, if you know, I mean, if, you know, I, I think yes you and no. Okay. I, I do know what somewhat brought it on, I guess. Um, so the average incarceration rate throughout the United States and even in Tennessee is roughly about 6%. Now you're talking about for. You're talking about for juveniles. For juveniles, that's correct. Is roughly about 6%. You don't typically want to jail juveniles for things like shoplifting, truancy, um, those types of things. Judge Scott Davenport 
in her wisdom, felt like it was a better system to be served, whereupon she allowed individuals to arrest minor children for some of those offenses that were not very egregious. Um, I think it had been a, a problem for quite some time prior to the Hobgood. The Hobgood thing set it um, off. Right. The Hobgood um, children that were arrested. Um, I will be honest and say that I represented one of the Hobgood children. Okay. Um, but upon that happening, when you had an eight, nine, and ten-year-old kids that were being arrested for really something that didn't exist, which was criminal responsibility, there's not really any such crime. Um, and then the system didn't protect those children, um, despite some of the best efforts of um, some of the attorneys here in town. Um, and so there were uh, several attorneys that had been kind of watching our system. And when this whole thing happened, it was just kind of the straw that broke the camel's back. And so these lawyers got together. They filed basically a class action type of lawsuit up in the federal courts against uh, Judge Scott Davenport. And it's not just children of color that were being incarcerated it was all it it was it was was children from across the board that was being incarcerated um and this lawsuit was filed by kyle mothershead i believe the lead plaintiff's attorney he was the lead one yes mark downton i I think was another one i do not know him so i don't well he's from nashville uh mark downton he was also involved with it he used to practice in our juvenile court pretty regularly Um, But Mark Downton was also involved with that that lawsuit. Now, I will say this. Nobody's heard anything from Judge Scott Davenport since this whole thing started. And what you have to understand is that there are still other cases that are pending at the federal level against her and against Rutherford County. And And it might be wise for her not to say anything at this point. uh, Well, if I were a lawyer, I'd be telling her she's not going to say a darn thing. In other words, coming up here and being on a radio broadcast is not the thing to do right now. No, 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 no. Yeah, no. Um, And I'm sure Rutherford County feels very much the same way. That's why they're being very protective about being able to answer some of these articles and allegations and accusations that are being sent. It's just because they don't have the ability to do that without jeopardizing these other cases that are still pending before the federal courts. Now, they have until the end of this month to file for damages. Okay. The, the victims, I believe. Okay. This is what the article said. Correct. October 29th. The deadline to file a claim in the federal lawsuit is October 29th. Uh, just as troubling, it says here, reading into the article, Less than 200 200 of an estimated 1,450 potential plaintiffs have been identified. The deadline to file the claim, of course, like I said, is October 29th. Um, The final case settlement, Mother's Head said, is expected by December 3rd. Problem is, the children impacted, if not scarred by law enforcement interactions, most are now adults. They may be disinterested in financial compensation, unaware of the efforts of Mother's Head, Wilson, Windrow, and others, or distrust the criminal justice system, which failed them. What was our incarceration rate for these kids? 
for these kids? You said it was 6% statewide, 6% roughly nationwide. 48, 48% in Rutherford County. 48%. That's correct. Well, it's not a wonder, you know. Um, oh, boy. You know, uh, I, I think yeah. what we really have to focus on at this point is... Um, like you said, some of those children are now adults. Some of them are still at the very end of being a child and are getting towards that adulthood. And the, I'm sure the trauma for some of those children is absolutely yeah. beyond comprehension. Right. Uh, and, I, and I can tell you that based upon my experience with, with some of the defendants with the Hobgood, um, it was very, very significant um, and very troubling. Um, but, you know, I will say this also, you know, Judge Scott Davenport doesn't bring charges against children. Um, law enforcement does that. However, right. you know, the question is, is whether or not she created a environment that ultimately allowed for children to be arrested under situations that maybe perhaps maybe a fiat would have been more appropriate. Well, and I know uh, the Reverend's recent sermon was a call to action spurred by NAACP uh, Murfreesboro Branch President Katie Wilson. You know Katie, I'm sure. Uh I do too. Uh, Who asked local religious leaders to notify families about filing a claim to join the $11 million settlement agreement. Now, and she's, Katie's quoted, I'm hoping that families will come forward. Now, I've known Katie a while now, and she doesn't open her mouth unless something needs to be said. She's not out here just flop, 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 flopping her lips, just, you know. Absolutely. If you're out there, and I think there's certain parameters to this, though. It can't be that, golly gee, I was arrested, you know, and I'm now 35, and I was arrested back when I was a kid. Sure. I think there's certain parameters that this settlement ultimately allows. But, I mean, certainly, if you've been arrested with the last 10 years and we're incarcerated in our juvenile system, then you very well may qualify to be one of those individuals that would could receive financial compensation for well, that. Well, it says here because of the statute of limitations, those eligible for a claim must be under 25 and born on or after October 14, 1997, said Mother's Head, who practices law out of Nashville, as you said. Mm-hmm. Mother's Head estimates about 1,450 people are eligible if jailed as a youth on a misdemeanor charge. Claims of $4,800 per illegal incarceration and $1,000 per arrest. About 1,000 are believed to be eligible for illegal incarceration. 1,000. Well, and 450 for arrest. Attorney's fees will be determined separate from the $11 million settlement agreement Mother's had added. Taxpayers are going to have to pay this if this, if this That's correct. looks like it's going to stand. That's correct. Eleven million, and then that's not including the four or five other cases that are still pending. If those are successful by those particular plaintiffs, then it could be even more. Right. Yeah. It. I mean, it. it we never know what's lurking. Right. Lurking in the darkness. Is, it's probably just as unfortunate as it can possibly be. Well, and I, I will tell you, uh, and I'll say this, folks, right here, I've known Donna for, Lord. 25 years. She used to be a neighbor of mine. We lived out County Farm Road. And uh, she's been here. She's been a friend of this station. She's come up and rendered advice, just like you are right mm-hmm. now at times. And we just hope we can get uh, 
can get through this. We're going to go to some breaks right now, and uh, I want to tell you about uh, a good business here in town. Complete Yard Care, uh, we do it all. Low-maintenance landscape design, retaining walls, tree removal, stump grinding, lawns cut, mulching, landscaping. You can reach them at 615-785-0384. And you can look them up on online. Check out their website. It's a good one. CompleteYardCareTN.com with a five-star ranking on Google. Now, that's Complete Yard Care. And look, take a look at those retaining walls. They are beautiful. I must tell you, I was very impressed. <laughs> There's something else. And you really got to know what you're doing if you're going to do retaining walls. And that's Complete Yard Care. We do it all. Michelle Hauser's with us here of Hauser and Associates Law. And I'm going to tell you where you can find her. When we get back, we'll go to uh, some of our last breaks. Stay with us, folks. Be right back right after this. It's Ed with Private Investigations in Middle Tennessee. You know, if you just need someone checked out on a background check, tag them a run, or if you need someone full of fledged follow, give us a call. You can reach me at 615-390-7219. That's 615-390-7219. Or check out our website at piofmt.com. That's piofmt.com. I felt so alone, scared, angry, full of self-pity. I just wanted to die, so I took another drink. Then I heard about AA and went to my first meeting. The people there talked about those same feelings. I was no longer alone. They gave me help to stop drinking and hope to start living. Alcoholics Anonymous, it works. Look us up. Check your phone book, newspaper, or aa.org. Go to J. Mullins Jewelers and check out their collection of reactor watches. They're located at 352 West Murfreesboro Boulevard right here in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. And also, custom-made jewelry if you want it, they can make it for you. Also, gifts for any and all occasions. Weddings, graduations, family reunions, uh, anniversaries, all of it. That's J. Mullins Jewelers, 352 West Murfreesboro Boulevard right here in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Welcome back to the Edwin Lee Raymer Show on News Radio WGNS. All right, we're back. And I want, again, check out Michelle on uh, BurrowFamilyLegal.com. And she's at 1500 Medical Center Parkway. She's out in the big house, out by Burger Republic, the fountains. It's, it's a beautiful place out there. Uh, 615-801-8602. Family law, child custody, mediation, parenting agreements, divorce. Uh, and as we talked, the uh, power of attorney for your children if they have become 18 years of age, and even if they're still living at home. Right, Michelle? That's correct. Yeah. If something were to tragically happen, you have got to have that uh, power of attorney to make their decisions for them. And to and allow the medical care team to talk to you about some of that Sure, stuff. because legally under HIPAA, we all know such a litigious society now, everyone's afraid to even say hello to someone. That's correct. You know, it is, 
and it has gotten to be that way. All of our doctors, they've known us for years. We're of course Joni and I are older than Joni and I are getting where we're older than everybody. <laughs> I don't, isn't that the truth, boy? The other yeah, day I had but, to go to the doctor, and he came in. I thought, oh, "What are you twelve? Do they let twelve-year-olds practice medicine?" <laughs> I mean, that's what he looked like. I, I he was twelve. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I know. And I walked in a certain store one night, and one of the wife's doctors walked in. I said, "Doctor Sosley," uh, and he, he couldn't remember right. Joni. You're Jonas. I said, yeah, I'm Ed. Okay. Now, he's not supposed to do that. But we're going to do it. Right. I mean, you know, I mean, it's just, it can get a bit bit crazy at times, you know. Yes. But, uh, you know, do check her out, folks. This is this is a fine lady, and as I said, her and her husband, most importantly to me, they're just they're just good people. Okay. Thanks, Ed. No, I, so I mean nice. that. And That's so I really, nice. Thank no, you. No, I... They're just good folks, and uh, uh, our boys took it on chin last night at Tennessee. Uh, I uh, saw that Lane Kiffin's little appearance didn't go over too big for him. If, if anybody saw his uh, <laughs> his um, the pregame interview, it was absolutely hilarious. Actually, it really? was very. Um, enlightening. It, yeah. Well, no, it wasn't enlightening. It's just he. He definitely recognized that, you know, he was as welcome there as, <laughs> as my brother-in-law would say, as a turd in a punch bowl. <laughs> well, in know? other words, he will not be invited up there for Thanksgiving you dinner, know. I don't think. No. And unfortunately for him, I mean, he's got a child named Knox. You know, they oh, na- no. they had that child after they moved to Knoxville, and so now he's got to be reminded of <laughs> Are you kidding me? No. no. Name the kidding. kid Knox? He did. Well, good for them. Yeah. <laughs> now, you talk about the Maxwells. Mm-hmm. Another big couple of fans, and especially yes. Claire. Yes. Oh, I mean, she her blood is orange. It's not red. My, I, and I'm with her. <laughs> Are you? I'm with her. Yeah. My blood, I mean, definitely yeah. runs as orange as it possibly can. Last night was probably one of the most unfortunate situations that was created I think it's certainly going to cause the NCAA to look at some of the rules with regard to injuries, at least if they – it should anyway. Um, just in my opinion, if someone is injured – Now, on, I did not get to see the game, so please ex- expand on your answer. I, okay. I, okay, what happened? Somebody so, basically, every time Tennessee had the ball, the um, an Ole Miss player would go down with an injury – Oh, and delay, God. delay, delay, delay. Me? This went on over and over and over again. So <laughs> the fans got very frustrated, started booing, etc. Every time somebody would get injured, and then you know, miraculously, you know, they're back in after the next play. Right, they go out for a play. Right, but I think where the NCAA is going to have to really start making some decisions is when it comes to injuries like that. If you go out with an injury. You can't come back in until possession changes again. That might be a good rule. That um, might be a good it keeps, rule. Uh, yeah. It keeps them from doing that. But that's kind of the catalyst that started it all. And then you had a couple of calls that, well, there was one that was probably a bad call, but there was another one that, I mean, they were right on the money. Right. It's just yeah. the Tennessee fans didn't like it. 
And so sure, here they sure. started throwing all kinds of bottles and you can't do golf that. balls. No, yeah, you can't do that. No, um, no, no, no. You get it, someone hurt bad. Well, yeah, and even their own cheerleaders and the band and everything went underneath the stadium because it got to be that volatile. Um, you know, I don't so think anybody was injured, that. but right. still, we talk about throwing poor. a golf ball though. I mean, come on, man. I well, mean, and it, you know, it was a well. It hit him in the right elbow. No, it didn't. I, I sat there and watched the thing on television, and it basically landed at his feet. But still, if that had hit somebody in the head, could that him. could certainly do some major damage. Well, I saw an official years ago, and I don't know if mm-hmm. it was pro or college. And this is before they had clamped down on the you know audience participation, let's say. And of course, they just wear caps; they don't have helmets. And some fan threw a bottle and hit. It injured uh, one of the officials. I said, "Yeah, that's not right. You can't." Those guys, uh, and if anything, for officials in in a lot of sports, instant replays showed just really how good they they really are. Now they still miss some calls. Absolutely, you know, they miss them, and it's it going was to happen. Just, it was the most classless behavior that I've ever seen right. out of the. It mostly, it was coming mostly from the student population. Yeah, I didn't see a whole lot of they get excited. You know, grown individuals yeah. out there throwing their water bottles, but. It looked like it was coming mostly from the student section, and it was right. certainly aimed mostly at the Ole Miss players. I did not blame Coach Kiffin at all for moving his players away from the sideline. Sure. Um, I, you know, I think that was certainly appropriate, and, sure. you know, that delayed the game 20 minutes right there. And then you had all the uh, injuries um, that kept happening I wasn't over aware and over of that. again. I, yeah, I wasn't aware. Of that. I, like I said, I didn't get to see yeah. the game. Yeah, there's, it was just a catalyst. I mean, it was just, it was just, it just kept building and building and building, and then absolute frustration. And I, I, even the police tried to move the student population back in the in the um, bleachers area, right. and then as soon as they turned around and went back down, here they all come rushing the field. Again. They rushed the field. <laughs> they oh, didn't rush the field, but they just rushed down toward the bottom and start throwing things right. again. Yeah. So, you can't just, do that. No, Come you on, can't. Kids. Come on, guys. We can be better than that. It's called yeah. taking the high road and being good sportsmen. But you have to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'll tell you, they can they can end up finding the university a bunch of money. Absolutely. NCAA will. Absolutely. And you know, I hey, I got to say, you know, hats off to NCAA for that because you've got to have some type of order. Yeah, as much as I bleed orange, you know, I, know. I, I yeah. will say this, that there probably should be a fine involved with that. You just can't yeah. be doing that. Yeah. Um, it's it's bad sportsmanship. It, it's a black eye on the university. Right. It's a black eye on the state of Tennessee, you know. But they're kids. I they're, know. They're learning, know. you know, like all of us did once upon a time. Well, and you've got, what is, uh, 106,000 seating at that stadium it's yeah. way up there it's one of the oh, biggest yeah. in the nation I think there was 106,000 and it was loud last oh, night Ooh. yeah it's I know yeah yeah it's a lot that way when I get out of the car to come up the stairs here the, the crowd outstairs they, they want my autograph <laughs> and they, and they, oh my god <laughs> Yeah, well, I just had to beat them off to get in the door. I bet you did. <laughs> and I do want to go back to something that we were talking about earlier yes. about Judge Scott Davenport. Right. I Again, this goes back to civility in this country. Agreed. And I think it's really important to realize that she is a person. She is a person who has family members, and she is a... 
an individual, unfortunately, all of this has now brought her death threats, um, threats against bodily harm, etc. Guys, there's there's just no room for that. I mean, don't get me wrong. I understand that people are angry, they're upset, and they probably have reason to be. It's just we don't we shouldn't be trying to get somebody's you know in trouble from as far as their right. their life and limb right well and, and here's the thing she's been at that on the bench for i know 20 years oh yeah since and 2000 i think i mean this just years? now is coming this is just now coming to the forefront i mean apparently the lady's done something right to be there that long oh, i mean yeah i mean she she's been very well loved by a lot of people but at the right. same time there's a lot of people out there who felt like you yeah. know she, that she created an environment that ultimately allowed children to be arrested for very minor infractions that which probably shouldn't have happened right yeah so unfortunate okay uh if she were to step down got suggestions who you think might be you mentioned adam dodd i believe it might well, I think, be i mean, you know, I, you know, I mean i'm not kicking her out the door i don't mean that no you know. no 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 I, I you know i think it's really important that whoever if if for some reason she decides to resign or there's other something else that happens i can honestly tell you this girl's not gonna do that because you can you couldn't pay me six hundred thousand oh, dollars a yeah. year to do oh, her no. job it's yeah. very very difficult um on and lots of times does. nobody's happy that's you right, know. and you're dealing with some of the worst types of scenarios because you are dealing also with DCS cases, dependency, neglect, etc. Um, you know, but I, I think it's really important that when you have someone that's coming onto the judiciary that they have experience in that field. And you're dealing with people's children. Yeah, and you're dealing with people's children. You're dealing with children who are very impressionable and who are going to be the future leaders in our community one way or the other. Right. They just made some yeah. bad decisions like a lot of kids do. Right. So Yeah. And I just think I think it's really important though that if, you know, for some reason that things continue to not go well in her direction, etc., that we do find somebody who has at least some type of experience. I think that would be important. Well, in in juvenile, you know. Now, what Absolutely. case? What she's talking? Uh, is this strictly like seventeen and down? Or? Eighteen. It, it's it's. So she has jurisdiction over children that are eighteen and under. Typically, and under, typically, okay. typically. Okay. Now there's sometimes to where if a child gets arrested, let's say, and they're seventeen or something sure. along those lines. Yeah then certainly if they're on a probation type of thing, it could go a little past their 18th birthday. But typically by the time they're 18, they're out of the juvenile system. And if you get in trouble after 18, you're going you're to the considered adult an adult system. anyway. That's right. correct. Yeah. You know, but you're, I think you're seeing a lot right now in the judicial system uh, with regard to mental health, uh, drug addiction. And they're talking about it now. Uh, yes. Thank I mean, God. There's ads on television that are talking about it. Uh, Our law enforcement is doing an excellent job in trying to um, educate um, some of our law enforcement officers as to the mental health that's going on um, with individuals and the crises that can sometimes be presented, how to recognize it, 
And then how do we treat it? We, we have to be, we have to start thinking outside the box on how we treat some individuals. Just because, golly gee, this is the way we've always done it. I absolutely Don't hate make that it excuse. Right. Yeah. I hate that excuse. That's an excuse. Well, and that's, you know, that's like, uh, again, and I know you've, you've seen a little of this, probably the opioid situation oh goodness yes you it's know, a horrible situation we don't need to talk about that that, that they don't want to talk about it. we'd better start talking about it Oops. i did one of the first broadcasts on opioids because there was an article that i picked up in the sunday tennessee and once it made the front page we were issuing more prescriptions than we had people in the state well you not just that but you also now have it to where you know, heroin and marijuana is being laced with fentanyl. That fentanyl is killing and people. And people are dying left yes. and right over yep. this. And it's leaving a whole generation of babies who, whose parents have died. It's now got grandparents raising babies. The implications are far-reaching and they are long-suffering. And, folks, we have got to educate ourselves on this, I mean, it is truly the pandemic that nobody wants to talk about. They don't want to talk about it. They don't want to talk no, about they, it. They, you know, put it in the closet, lock the door, throw away the key, and the problem will take care of itself. Yeah. It's not. It's not. I mean, this is going, you know, when me and you came up, it was beer and hard liquor and maybe wine, Boone's Farm wine. Every that once was, in a while, a little marijuana was in there, while, I think. Pot, and that was about it. And... The harder drugs were left to the people out in California, for the most part. Don't get me wrong. We had people that took them here, I'm sure. Yes. But uh, that was it. This is a whole different ballgame today. Well, yeah. And what you ultimately see is that you'll have, I mean, I've even told my own children, you don't so much as take a Tylenol unless you see it come out of a closed bottle. Agreed. Because because what's happening, folks, is that people are taking these drugs and they're, they're they're mashing them up. Let's say they take a hydrocodone, they mash them up, or they get the powder form of it. Right. Then they cut it with B12, a lot of other things, and then they will sprinkle a little fentanyl in there. Well, you've got to remember, it only takes two grains of salt. Two grains of sand. Yes, or salt of fentanyl to kill you. It will kill you. And car fentanyl is even worse. And so we're sprinkling that into these things, and then they're pill-pressing them and making them look very much like the hydrocodone that you would get from a doctor. Um, And people wind up dead. And that's how they end up dead. They'll take one one pill, and they don't wake up the next day. That's it. Yeah. And folks, it, it's happening everywhere. It's all across all different generations. It's happening across all economic barriers. It doesn't matter if you're female, male, transgender, rich, poor, rich, poor. Doesn't it doesn't difference. matter. It doesn't matter what, what, what religion you are. Or it's happening. And if we aren't paying attention, folks, it's only going to get worse. Let me ask you something before we leave. I'm going to let you go out on a high note. All right. I always like going out on high notes. Well, you hadn't heard the question yet. Yeah, that's true. How do you feel about this governor in Texas and this abortion thing? Is that going to hold up? No. I don't believe so. Uh, You know, I I don't think it's constitutional, uh, the law that they have presented. Uh, I do think, you know, a lot of people are very upset with the Supreme Court because they didn't intervene. That's not the job of the Supreme Court. Okay, no, we no. the Supreme Court is going to be the court of the last 
of the last opportunity. Yeah, Supreme Court's not to, you know, hey, what do you think about this? That, yes, that's no. not, no. They don't jump in on those kinds of things. You've got to run your course. And sure. so I think in the long run, you're going to find that it's not constitutional. But, you know. Well, that was kind of like the My Pillow guy that was going to get all the information, which he's got, he says. Uh-huh. And when everybody says, well, what are your sources? Oh, I can't. I, I wouldn't be able to. But, but I'm going to take it, and we'll take it before the Supreme Court, and then that'll be it. Yeah. That's not, you've got some that's very, not how it yeah, works. And you've got some very similar laws that are being, they're actually before the Supreme Court this session. Yes, yes. Um, that will be considered. And so that's certainly going to have a dynamic with the Texas law. And I think eventually you'll see the Texas law join in at some point or another. But... Um, in the long run, I think the Texas law more than likely. You think Tennessee law might join in with it? Probably not. I don't. Oh, think I hope not. I oh hope not. Gosh. Yeah, we don't need any more. Please. I mean, we, no, we, we do. We don't need anything more. That's. I, there's enough things out there that need to be fixed from a legislative standpoint. Right. Um, yeah. That are constitutional that can be handled. Um, sure. So, I mean, and if, if any of my wonderful legislators and senators out there are listening and right. you're looking for something to change, call me uh, because I've got plenty of Brian things. Terry. Yes, Brian, Brian yep. has been Brian's absolutely good. wonderful. I've, de- I've worked with Brian yep. significantly. Um, you know, there's, there's lots of laws out there that still have to be fixed that have been on the books since you know 1929 that still haven't been fixed it's just time to get some of those yeah, things fixed yeah just odds and ends and, and you can pick and choose all day yes. some of them still are pretty silly yes you know? but uh i mean it's uh i just wanted to get get a take on it because i <laughs> i want to tell you, you know they always talk about abortion and women's reproductive rights and all that i had a lady tell me and i'm not gonna name her and it's not it's not michelle okay said, if one man in this world ever gave birth to a baby, you would never hear another word about women's reproductive rights or anything. Well, you know, and you, I think got, she's right. You know, you can go on Amazon and you can actually get a, a device that you can put on men that can actually simulate uh, contractions. I've seen it on YouTube okay, and we're gonna, TikTok okay, and various Thank things. you. Michelle House has been our guest <laughs> At our next time, you and I are going to do that. I'm going to bring one of those devices No, here. you're not either. No, we'll put it, we'll put it, let's put it on Dalton. <laughs> well, the trouble with doing that with Ed is he already kind of looks pregnant. So that would be a real, a real See? struggle. We're going to be getting out of here now. Oh I've got some gosh. people I need to talk to. That's perfect. Yeah. And Jackson, don't think this happens every week, okay? I'm not normally that funny a guy. <laughs> Folks, Michelle Blaylock Hauser's been with us. Michelle Hauser and Associates, My check pleasure. her out. Thank you so much. I appreciate you doing this. My pleasure. Dalton's been on the board along with Jackson. He's in training with us. Thank you all for joining us till next Sunday at eight o'clock. I'll catch you down the road. Good night, everybody. Good night.